God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I? Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life on Purpose. Now, for those of you who are watching our videos, you may notice a difference in the lineup tonight. Mm. Uh, Dave looks a little yeah, different. Dave, Dave yeah. looks a lot different. It's, <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, he traded the hat in and, and for earphones, and look what happened to his face. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know a lot of things can happen in a week, but you just don't expect something like this kind of transformation sometimes <laughs> dave no, you've got no. you've got to tell us what your routine is because well uh, it's you know i've started with uh spine compressions uh, <laughs> and Richard, you know uh, and then i've starved myself and uh look look where we're at you know well you, and you ended up with red headphones <laughs> yeah well all joking aside uh you are joined by myself ryan cribs the ever famous and popular Michael Clayton. And you ought to know already, it's Daniel Clayton in the house. And that's then me. joining that's us the for the, yeah, that's, that's you. And joining us for the first time uh, as our first kind of guest speaker on the show, we have Jaden Pitts. Uh, Jaden has joined us as the Exodus Road Band several times, uh, mm -hmm. performing with violin. He's quite the talented musician. Um, he's also worked uh, for a time and is preparing to go back to work with the Free Burma Ranger organization, uh, which they do humanitarian relief uh, throughout the globe. Uh, and he's also the founder of Hasidian's Code, which is a faith-based clothing line. So welcome to the show, Jaden. Appreciate it. Well, it's quite We're glad to have you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know we had somebody on that was that famous. Seriously, <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's... <laughs> nice. Very good. Yeah, okay, we're happy before to have we, you. Before we get to Jaden, huh? Good. Go ahead. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Before we get to Jaden, I do have an announcement for anybody in the uh, Bassett, Virginia area. If you don't know where Bassett, Virginia is, I didn't either until recently. <laughs> but uh, this coming sh Friday and Saturday, I'll be working with none other than Barry Phillips at uh, a conference we're doing about uh, treasures old and new. It's going to be very foundational for. Uh, a lot of people are just new to this walk. And so if you're anywhere around Bassett, Virginia, you probably need something to do. So you might want to just go ahead and join us. <laughs> yeah. We'll give our best to, uh, give our best to Barry. I'll do it. Yeah. And we're looking forward to seeing him at Revive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fun Absolutely. time. That's coming up on us guys. So if, uh, if people do Man, not yeah, have their tickets to Revive, I just got a question. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Reminds me, I need to purchase that. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I think I need tickets. <laughs> no, Ryan. Uh, that wasn't really a pointed question, Ryan, but if it fits, you know. <laughs> yeah, if the shoe fits, wear it, I suppose, right? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Ryan, yeah, how about yeah. telling us the reason that Jaden is on the program tonight? Well, you know, recently, uh, we recently celebrated the Feast of Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had gathered in Tennessee. I don't even remember. It's probably much like Bassett, Virginia, uh, you know, way out there. Nobody knows where it is. I'm, I'm not sure exactly where we gathered, but we gathered somewhere uh, in southern Tennessee uh, <laughs> to celebrate with others. And the discussion came up as we were reading through Acts chapters two through four. 
um, where we see the uh, the apostles that are are gathered in this the room and the the spirit falls upon them. Uh, and of course, you know the questions of the, the typical questions of speaking in tongues and and you know maybe what they were seeing and how that experience might have been uh, came to be. And um, part of this, typically when you have these conversations, and I don't know if this happens all the time in the church uh, as well as Hebrew roots or or just in Hebrew roots, I'm not sure. I can only speak for Hebrew roots. But we hear this idea of, well, in order for us to further the kingdom of God, in order for us to be better servants of him, we must be filled with the Spirit. Okay. And that's a nice catchphrase. But what it lacks is how do we apply it? What does that look like? And I believe here at Life on Purpose, that's something that is kind of our mandate. That's what this show was kind of founded on is helping people find their purpose and learning how to make better walk out uh, the walk of Torah and of scripture. And so while we were having this conversation, uh, Jaden was like, uh, I've got something to say. And uh, what he proceeded to kind of hit on, I think, was very, very apt and appropriate uh, for this time of year and for the feast that we just celebrated. And I think is would be useful to a lot of people in their walk. Okay. And well, uh, it was having to do with the fruits of the Spirit. So, yeah. hmm, Interesting. What's really interesting to, to me here, Ryan, is, is uh, you know, I texted you and said, I have no idea what we need to talk about this today. Uh, and this was, I think, yesterday. Um, the same exact question was asked at Life Assembly this last uh, Shabbat we celebrated oh. on Sunday. The exact same question was asked by someone who is a little bit older than me. So talk about a multi-generational question that we're all mm -hmm. asking. Uh, you know, what, is that, what, what does that work or what does that look like? So, Jaden, answer the question, man. <laughs> well, so... As it was getting discussed around, we were looking at Acts and looking at the community, and the conversation was very much like, how do we emulate that? And I remember the lady in front of me said something, and she was right, you know, and this is, but she said, um, well, we have to let the Holy Spirit, you know, run run the show. You know, we have to let the Holy Spirit guide us. And then the conversation kept bouncing, and, and something didn't sit right, because I was like, yeah, we're missing a very important question, which is how. Mm -hmm. And we're not asking, we're not breaking this down and we're just going to keep looping around and having these different issues. Mm -hmm. And so I raised the question. I was like, okay, so how, how do we do this? And um, my understanding of it is it hinges on a day-to-day -day application of looking at the fruits of the spirit. And it's a combination of taking every thought captive and bouncing uh bouncing your thoughts, your attitudes, your emotions off of the fruits of the spirit and understanding that we're in a spiritual battle. And I don't believe that every thought necessarily is your own. Sometimes you have to be discerning to take the thoughts mm -hmm. captive, to make them subject under the authority of Yeshua and understand and, and uh, subject it to him, his authority to walk uprightly. Right. And what, what does that look like? Well, I don't remember the exact example I gave, but essentially for me, what that looks like is if I'm, well, I'll give an example. So I lived with a brother of mine, Nathan Stanley, who taught me, I mean, he basically laid this principle out for yeah. me. He showed me 
what it is to live every day um, fighting spiritually to keep the to keep yourself undefiled and keep the presence of the Holy Spirit and God's peace upon your home. And the way he would do that is he would check his heart against the fruits of the spirit. And if something didn't line up, he immediately began to pray and he would uh, basically pray, uh, uh, take up authority against any unclean entities, because here's the logic. We're supposed to have the spirit of God in our hearts. We're supposed to have his Holy Spirit. And if we have something that's not an attribute of his spirit, then of what spirit is it? Mm-hmm. And it's not an effort to over-spiritualize anything, but it's an effort to surrender our hearts and keep ourselves humble before our God, before our creator, because he paid a heavy price for us. And you think this is any small matter before him? So that's where, like, making sure we take those thoughts captive. So, for instance, that, you know, I came into work and Nathan, Nathan is not an overbearing um, I, so I work with Nathan for, mm-hmm. for context. And so I go into work, you know, and I, and he's, he's my head. I listen, you know, he, uh, he's my boss. And so he was telling me things to do. And what he's trying to do is give me instruction on how to do things correctly, properly. Right. And it was just, gr- you know, grinding against a nerve, uh, which is not characteristic. I'm not easily agitated mm-hmm. that way. And, it was just just little tiny things that really don't matter piling up. And it sounds so obvious as I'm saying it, but I, I promise you being there, it wasn't obvious. Mm-hmm. It just felt like what I was thinking, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm starting to get agitated with them and I'm starting to feel a little like this. I just didn't want to, I just wanted to kind of pull away and distance and, and he could sense that. And he was like, Hey, you know, something up. And I was honest with him. I was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but, for some reason, you're like, you're great, grating against uh, my nerves. I don't know why. And so he was like, come on, come, come with me. And he took me around back and we prayed. And, uh, you know, he put his hand on my shoulder and he was like, I don't know, I stand here with my brother and I just, we just submit ourselves to you. Something is off and we just want to submit ourselves to you. I'm kind of paraphrasing the prayer. I don't remember it word for word. Mm-hmm. But then he took up authority in the name of Yeshua to bind and rebuke and to cast out and to reject any and renounce any unclean entities that are trying to interfere, attack, hinder, whatever, whatever. And as soon as we did that, I was fine. I was completely okay. I was completely at peace. And that was the first moment I realized that this something's up with this. I don't know anything that uh, something was up with this, you know? So Whenever I would have random bouts, again, I'm not an anxious person, but sometimes I would have like this anxiety just set upon me, uh, the worries. And again, I th- you think it's yourself. And then I would begin to enact this principle. I would recognize that's not a fruit of the spirit. I'm promised his peace, his spirit, and these things. And either I've done something to defile myself or I'm being subject to you know, some sort of attack. I have to resist this attack. And um, so I would, I would put into practice this principle of just recognizing if this isn't a fruit of the spirit, then I pray to God and ask him for his guidance and forgiveness and, uh, you know, surrender, surrendering to him and then taking up authority 
that we have in Yeshua to basically mm. stand against any of these attitudes and thoughts that mm. don't come from him. And so doing that has really changed a lot of my perspective on how to walk things out in this okay. walk is like, it's exactly the same principle of, as Yeshua in the wilderness when he was tempted for 40 days. Well, not mm -hmm. for 40 days. He was in the wilderness for 40 yeah. days and then he was tempted. Right. And uh, he stood on the attributes of God and the truth laid out in scripture. And that's exactly how Nathan does it and showed me to do it was you proclaim the truth in scripture and you proclaim and defend the attributes of God. You know, if there's an anxiety, it'd be like, I come against you in the authority of the one who set the foundations of the earth and who set the heavens above and who ordained the seasons so that we might know his times, his seasons, his wonders and mysteries. You know what I mean? I come against you. Um, I come against you in the name of the one whose eyes burn with fire. His fire is in my heart. You know, his breath is in my lungs. I'm made in his image. I was set up upon the earth to be subject to none other than him because, you know, and it's just you list the attributes of scripture. You quote scripture and pray. And I don't, I don't know. It's pretty simple concept, mm. but that's the way that I've applied the fruits of the spirit um, to in, in like everyday walk, you know? And I mean, it look, mm -hmm. sometimes it's every day. Sometimes it's every other day. Yeah. But it's mm -hmm. a very frequent thing. And I've woken up to uh, I've woken up at 1 a.m. to him praying against something that was messing, you know, Whoa. something that he knew wasn't right. Mm -hmm. And I've woken up to him at like 1 a.m. in the morning. Like I bind and rebuke and expose you. You are not an attribute of the fruit of God and fruit of his spirit. I reject you. I give you no place in my God, you know, and it's just it taught it for it was the first time I'd really actually seen spiritual warfare. And what it sure. is to defend played out, played out and did it and mm -hmm. to defend the peace. Good. Defend mm -hmm. peace in your home Let's, and establish uh, peace. Go ahead. Sorry. I love I love the intro here. Uh and I I, I want to hear it. Daniel, I know that there's there's probably a thousand thoughts running through your head right now. I know you that well. Um <laughs> take it take it away for a minute and we'll we'll run into Ryan and, and then I gotta I guess one thing and we'll go back to, to Jaden here. Yeah. So I think, um, I think what you're saying is fantastic. Um, especially because if people will notice you're honing in on the fruits of the spirit, not the gifts of the spirit right now. Mm -hmm. And yeah. too many people want to jump into yeah. the gifts of the spirit without first learning to operate within the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And looking at those first is it's absolutely paramount. It's super important. And it's a perfect measurement of our own lives and how we're doing and all of those things. And, you know, I also wanted to say that, you know, people are, people think that the Holy Spirit is weird. Um, <laughs> and this is largely due to just what they've seen in their lives. And to some extent, you can't really blame them. <laughs> you know, some yeah. of the things that people have done in the name of the Holy Spirit yeah. is, you know, there, there's lots of things that people have done in the name of other things that really didn't give it a good representation. Yeah. But essentially, people think that he's weird, and he's not. The Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to, like, just... He's he's waiting for you to welcome him in. And can you live a fruit-filled, God-pleasing life without the Holy Spirit? Yes. Yes, I think you can, but... What Jaden is laying out right now is that 
having the Holy Spirit is it's such a weapon in some ways, and it's such a it's it's it makes life so easy. It makes life so much easier, I, I should say. Yeah. Where yeah. the the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in you, it gives you the power to walk out the day to day life, like you're saying, and that's super important. And the, the, the last thing, I mean, this is just like three of the, like you said, thousand thoughts that are coming to my head. Um, I've heard people say who were not yet familiar with the Holy Spirit, like, yeah, I just, you know, I need to, I don't really know much about the Holy Spirit. I need to study it. Like I need to study the Holy Spirit. And to say it that way, like kind of puts the Holy Spirit, which is, you know, Father, Son, and Spirit, it's kind of, kind of a high thing right there. To say it that way kind of puts it on the same ground, the same level as how you would study the kosher dietary laws. And those are not equivalent. They're not the same thing. They're not even close to yeah. the same, uh, you know, you know, power behind those concepts. And so one should not approach the Holy Spirit in the terms of, let me study him and like, you know, just kind of figure this out. It's a relationship. Um, it's something that you you like you meet someone and then you start to talk to them and you talk to them again, you get to know them. And then it just becomes this relationship. It's not something to just read about on the computer or, you know, even in the word, like it has to be acted upon mm -hmm. in that way. So I'll leave it there for now. You know, you're, you're talking about the, the kosher dietary laws. And uh, interesting enough, I was thinking about uh, what your, your analogy is kind of like uh, the difference between uh, studying the recipe for banana pudding and actually eating it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you can dissect it for a long time, but uh, you're really not going to get the uh, the satisfaction and the the enjoyment and all those things uh, just by studying the recipe as you will by eating it. Ryan, mm -hmm. before I throw this over to you, I just want to do something kind of crazy and actually open the scriptures to what we're talking about here. And uh, I'm going to start not in the fruits of the spirit, but I'm going to run up a, a couple of verses here. And um, challenge people to read Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter five, but and the the context here is about uh, loving your neighbors yourself, uh, the old nature, the uh, the renewed nature, and it says starting in verse nineteen, for it is perfectly evident that the old nature, what the old nature does, it expresses itself in sexual immorality, impurity, indecency, idol worship, misuse of misuse of drugs in connection with the occult, in feuding, fighting, becoming jealous, getting angry, that's like the news, uh, it's in selfish ambition, factionalism, intrigue and envy, and drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you now, as I've warned you before, those who do such things will have no share in the kingdom of God. Mm. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control, nothing in the Torah stands against these things. Ryan? Oh, it's so interesting that you went, uh, you went there, Mike. Uh, I was, I was going back before the show and I was reading some things. Uh, and so I've got some interesting connections to what you just brought up actually. And it's also interesting to note that it's interesting that he uses what 18 words or more to describe those things that are evil, mm -hmm. uh, but only nine to describe that, which is good. Mm -hmm. How much of the human tongue's time do we waste on talking of evil things? Uh, oh, no, you've gone to meddling. 
I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but no, this whole concept that Jaden brought up of bouncing every decision and every test and every thought and every action off of the fruits of the spirit. I just, I love that concept because what you could take that and apply it to everything, you know, uh, is the action that I'm about to take, does it produce peace? Am I showing patience? Do I have kindness? Am I being acting in humility? Do I have love? Am I acting quickly or do I have self-control? Yeah, and, and if the answer is no to any one of those things, then you ain't filled with the Holy Spirit. And back to, to Mike's uh, banana pudding thing, uh, you might say the proof is in the pudding. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. No. Uh, sorry, I'll leave. Oh, Jaden, Jaden, get us out of here, man. Before we go, before we go, I, I have something, though. <laughs> so I was looking at these fruits of the spirit. And one could say, because we have nine fruits of the spirit, I think it is. Mm -hmm. One could say that that love and self-control, I'm going to kind of take those and I'm, I'm going to bracket them off to the side because uh, it says God is love. Right. Right. So if you are filled with God, you'll you'll have love, number one. Uh, and in order to do that, in order to seek the uh, fruits of the spirit, you have to have self-control. So I'm going to kind of lump those together. Right. Okay. Um, these are things they cannot be artificially produced. Right. And these are things that take time to grow. We don't just plant a seed and immediately you have a tree that, that overnight you have a tree with fruit you can eat, right? These are things that we have to practice. We have to put in, we have to water, we have to nurture, right? Just like a garden, right? I'm going somewhere okay. with this. Uh, okay, let me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you a question. Is it possible that we can do these for a temporary time? on our own, under our own power, but to have them of lasting effect will take his power. Is that, would that go along with that, Ryan? Yes. Um, Charles Spurgeon actually talked about this, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase horribly, uh, but he was talking about how, uh, when it says to, to have goodness, to have joy, peace, faithfulness, right? When you, when you meet those kind of people and you're in their presence and you see their countenance, you want to be like them. You want to emulate them. You want to spend time in their presence. And then there are those people that become almost sickly sweet, like molasses. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Well, they are putting on a show of the fruits of the Spirit, but possessing none of the fruit thereof. It's artificial sweetener. Okay. Once again, mm -hmm. the analogy. Um, so this is, uh, this is BD before Daniel. Um, we were at my grandmother's house and, uh, Daniel's older brother, um, my, my grandmother had some fruit on the table and he grabbed one of the grapes and started eating it. And, uh, he looked at his mom and said, this, this I, it's, I can't chew this. Well, the reason is because it was plastic. <laughs> um, yep. it looked exactly the same. But there was no nourishment that could come forth from it. Um, okay, Jay, I want to go back to you about something that kept brought up by uh, by Daniel here. Um, what what really intrigued me of what Ryan said to me on the phone about you guys talking is that being around now um, 
in religious systems and various things for over 35 years. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people that will, again, talk about the gifts of the Spirit. But what Daniel brought out is, uh, you know, instead of focusing on the gifts, my, maybe we ought to focus first on the fruit. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you, you know, what is it? Give me a little bit more on, on what you're, where you're, where you're going in your, your premise of starting there. Yeah. Well, I completely agree with Daniel on the premise of you have to, you have to just walk a relationship out. I mean, that's how I guess I got into this was I, it's funny a year ago. I mean, this was, this is all stuff that was shown to me over the past year okay. as of last Shavuot. Hmm. And so last Shavuot, you know, I've grown up for the half of my life walking this walk, you know, I know who God is and I know the good things to do and this, that, and the other, but last Shavuot, I took a lot of possessions that I had, uh, that I really enjoyed having, but I knew that were given to me and I took it up top to a mountain near where we lived. I don't know why I just felt compelled to do this. And I threw it down at the top of the mountain, um, you know, and, and possessions. It was really, it was just uh, gear that I had acquired to go do mission work. And it's not cheap and it had been given to me and I liked having it. So I took it to the top of the mountain and I threw it down and I, I was in a bad uh, excuse me, a bad place spiritually. I was struggling with addiction at the time. And I threw it down and I just said, Adonai, God, you gave this to me and I know it's within your power to take it from me. And I was like, I don't know what I have to do. I'm struggling, but I need your help. And then that sparked a, a series of events that got me into Nathan, his house, and he discipled me in this manner. And the biggest thing about it was it's not a textbook thing. I mean, it is because we in the scripture, but it's not so much that it was approached that way. It was approached in the manner of a genuine relationship and it took repentance and surrender and it took genuine um, simplicity of heart. I mean, Jeremiah 29 talks about when he scattered his people, he says, and if you search for me with wholeness of heart, I will let you find me. <laughs> and that's what sparks that relationship to start. Um, I, I don't, um, I'm realizing I'm talking about relationship. I don't know if that kind of answered your question about yeah. looking at it at the fruits of the spirit versus the gifts of the spirit, but the gifts, I'm, I'll tie it back in. So the reason that I think it's so important to drop, like don't overcomplicate it, but talk to God and talk to him mm -hmm. at when, you know what I mean? Like, like he's there. Yeah. Talk to him, not at him. You know what I mean? That's a different experience because I've say, talked. Could we, could we say talk with him? Talk with him. Yeah. I mean, I've talked at God a lot <laughs> in my life, but talking with him <laughs> is different. And yeah, he's meddling. Yeah. And um, so that relationship is imperative. Well, I mean, Yeshua shows us that the Holy Spirit is crucial to relationship with Adonai. And I think that it's, that's where it stemmed from was walking in this relationship, 
These are the things that is going to, this is, these are the things that are going to help you to walk uprightly, to walk blamelessly. It doesn't mean you've never mis made a mistake, but in Psalm 37, he makes a promise that the upright will stumble, but they won't fall headlong because Adonai holds their hand. And so that stuck with me because it was like, now I, now I can interpret things because I know where I'm at. If you walk blamelessly and you approach things correctly, meaning if you miss, if you stumble, you are repentant, you turn back and you handle it correctly, you know, then you are blameless and it get, fills you with a boldness because then you are able to stand and say, I know, um, I know where I'm at. I know. And, mm -hmm. and God will, he will vindicate you. I mean, it, it says in that, that in Psalm 37, he'll vindicate you. He'll show you that, um, he'll show you that you are of worth and that, you know, you, um, you are, you can carry his message no matter who you are. Uh, I mean, as soon as I made that switch and started learning these principles, um, he started sending me people and we would have conversations and this, I would get to share this principle with them to help them in their walk almost immediately. And so I'm kind of, I don't mean to rant, but I'll tie it back to basically say the difference between focusing on the gifts of the spirit versus the relationship is the relationship provides the fear of God. That's legitimate. The yeah. fear of God. I've learned to fear him as I've grown closer to him. And it makes me appreciate his love 10 times more. Um, and it grows that, that boldness that you hear boldness because you know where you stand and you know, you have been, you, you know, where you stand with your God. And so that would provide a lot of the base that you need to effectively use any gifts that are given to you. Does that make sense? Mm, I like that. Um, instead of having to yeah. run around and figure, I probably said that way more complicated and way more complicated manner than it needed to be. But I'm in a short summary, if you focus on the relationship, it builds the foundations you need to use any gifts that he gives you in a manner that is mm -hmm. the way he intended it. Because how worse would it be, how much worse would it be that he died for your salvation? He bought you at a price that was that was precious to him to give you these gifts and you misuse it. Mm -hmm. And then you're accountable mm -hmm. for that. Instead of hiding the talent. Mm -hmm you spin it on something that didn't matter. You know what I mean? You weigh it. It's like, well, you, I don't want to be accountable for that. Right. And so that's kind of some thoughts on that question. Who wants to take it? And yeah, I want to jump in here. Um, I want to, cause, cause I can, I can hear it because I have heard it. Um, the question or the accusation from the enemy saying to people that if you do not have these things, like if you, not, not even if you don't have them, but if you struggle with them, like if you struggle to love or to have, or if you have no peace, mm -hmm. or if you struggle with self-control, the enemy will come at you with this accusation of, oh, you don't have the Holy Spirit because you don't have that. Look at that. And so I just want to make a, a distinction between um, just because you struggle with it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not inside of you that you not that you have not accepted him because yeah. we all struggle with various things and so you know you we could look at them as the fruits of the spirit we could look at them as you know something that we should have with his spirit but we can also look at them as promises 
if you have the spirit of God in you, if you have accepted him, if you walk with him and desire to walk with him, you have the spirit of God in you. And these things are promises to you. If you are, if you are surrounded by hate, he promises you love because it's a fruit of his spirit. If you are struggling with addiction, he promises you self-control because it's a fruit of his spirit. And the mm -hmm. list goes on. If you, if you have no peace, if you're surrounded by chaos, that is a promise of God if you are following him. And anything that is between you and the fruits of the spirit is just an obstacle that you can overcome. And so I just want to make that distinction to let people know, like, you know, be aware of the difference between the condemnation of the enemy against those things and the obstacles that you can overcome by the power of his spirit to achieve the fruits of his spirit. That's a good point. So, you know, Mike, you said you're going to take it back a verse or two. I want to take it back a verse or two as well. Uh, sure. We'll go to Deuteronomy 8.8. 8. <laughs> <laughs> a couple verses there. There's so a few. We've got these fruits of the spirit or fruit of the spirit, which all are within us. So you might say that all the fruit hangs on one tree. And in Deuteronomy 8.8, 8, it says, I'm giving you a land full of wheat, barley, grapes, figs, pomegranates, olives, and date honey. It's kind of cool because these are the offerings, these seven kinds, these are the offerings that are prescribed for first fruits to bring one of these seven and it says to not arrive empty-handed before god but if we look at some early rabbinic writings of these fruits each one of these fruits represents a fruit of the spirit yeah so what he's really saying is don't arrive empty-handed don't arrive without first being filled with the fruit of the spirit I had never looked at that verse that way. I'd like to. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd like to pitch a verse in Isaiah um, 66, I believe. Mm. Let me find it on my little electronic Bible. There we go. <laughs> Isaiah 66. And he says, I'll just start from verse one and read down a little bit. He says, heaven is my throne, says Adonai, and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house could you build for me? What sort of place could you devise for my rest? Didn't I make myself all these things? This is how they all came to be. Or didn't I myself make all these things? This is how they came to be, says Adonai. The kind of person on whom I look on with favor is one with a poor and humble spirit who trembles at my word. The others might as well kill a person as an ox, might as well break a dog's neck as a sacrifice, a sacrifice a lamb, might as well offer pig's blood as an offering instead of a grain offering, as well bless an idol as burn incense. Just these have chosen their ways and enjoy their disgusting practices, so I will enjoy making fools of them and bring on bring upon them the very things that they fear. So I want to stop there. I mean that's pretty ominous, but the thing that struck me about that is if you appear before him without his spirit, that's kind of how that translates to me. It's like, well mm -hmm. then without me none of your offerings make any sense um you know or will not make any sense but none of your offerings have substance they yeah. don't mean you know mm -hmm. none of it is in the correct spirit because you don't honor me or care about the things that i care about in that sense mm -hmm. that's like 
Well, you look at Cain, you know, Cain was crestfallen and God even warned Cain, I believe of this very principle we're talking about. God warned Cain and he said, sin knocks at the door and its desire is to overtake you. But did Cain resist the murderous feelings he was feeling, the resentment, the bitterness, those things that are opposed to God's spirit, anti-God's spirit? He did not resist them and they overtook him because he was not walking in God's spirit. And so the challenge there is that is exactly what I'm talking about, is if Cain had taken authority, if he had cried out to God, if he had resisted, I mean, it says that the devil is about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, resist him and he will flee, right? And so if you take that time to pray and to resist, it won't overtake you. You know, we're not going to be led into anything, any temptation that's too great for us to bear. And I think this is the principle to walking that out. And uh, it just, I just, it never clicked that way for me before until this past year. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, that makes a lot more sense now as to how to mm -hmm. walk in the fruits of the spirit, knowing that we're walking out with the spirit, but then resisting the urges that come upon us, you know what I mean? Or, or, or the temptations or the thoughts that we think we have that are developing into something that's detrimental to our brothers or our mm -hmm. kingdom, you know, or the, excuse me, the kingdom of God, our brothers, you know? Um, so that's, yeah. I didn't mean to take over, but that was something I wanted to tag on there. And I think, uh, it, I, I think it's always important to remember that Yeshua himself said, it's better that I go so that the helper can come. And the Holy Spirit has many titles, the helper being one of them, the comforter being one of them. And um, people called cessationists believe that there are no more gifts of the Spirit. They believe that that was for a specific time, for a specific people that dwelled, that saw Yeshua, and that it was needed for them to validate their message. And that part is true. That was part of the purpose of the Holy Spirit was to validate the message that they gave. And my very simple argument is, well, goodness gracious, we need that today too, yeah. because there's <laughs> there's all sorts of, you know, people change, but not much, that kind of thing. And so the gifts of the Spirit validate it, but also the fruits of the Spirit do. And I think one of the, it's really nice for us to to talk about and it's very important and powerful for us to talk about how the fruits of the spirit and then the gifts of the spirit can empower us to live a a purposeful intentional um god-inspired life you know, those things can help us overcome the enemy um but the part above that that i think is also important to look at is to get our eyes off ourselves and realize that just like for the disciples, the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are not for us. Like, you know, hear what I'm saying there. It's to validate the work of Yeshua. Because the more that we have the Spirit, the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit, the more our lives look like Him, the more we look like Yeshua, the more we look like our Messiah and like God, and the more we can validate the work that He did by our lives yeah well yeah th this goes to and i want to give people some homework haha <laughs> wow yeah school's out <laughs> school's out for the summer so um here's some homework if you're you're 
just, you know, maybe this thing of the Holy Spirit, you're kind of wondering about this. And, and uh, I want to ask you guys a question in just a moment. So, but here's my, here's the homework. Uh, go back and read the book of Acts. Not something, you know, we go through the Torah and all. And a lot of people have never really gone through the book of Acts and have seen such uh, statements like uh, when the disciples came to the, to those at, uh, at Ephesus, they said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? What, what, we don't even know there'd be such a thing as the Holy Spirit, okay? I mean, I understand that. I grew up Baptist. We didn't talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. Actually, we didn't talk about it at all, except for the doc, doxology at the end of the sermon. Uh, so it's not something that people are really, you know, it's like, and then then to call the Holy Spirit it. That's all that always bothered me. It. it he, he is... Uh, a, a a reality of the Almighty. Uh, so here's here's my question to roll around with you guys: Is it possible that the the reason that many people will resist the seeking of the both fruit and gifts of the Spirit is because that leads to a different level of yielding to our Creator? Hmm. Quite possibly so, because it's very yeah. easy yeah. to. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say it's very easy to. I was reading about the. I'm going to use the pomegranate as an example. Uh, the pomegranate is. If you read about it, you have fruit inside, but each fruit is compartmentalized in its mm -hmm. own little pocket. And it almost symbolizes man in the sense that we can be full of good things. We can be full of fruit, but the indwelling of which never actually meets or changes who we are. We compartmentalize it. All right. So you might could say that, you know, I want a relationship with God, but I'm only willing to give him this much. I don't want him coming and indwelling and changing the things yeah, I don't want to have self-control because I'm addicted. I don't want to be have patience because I get ticked off easy. Um, you know, I don't want to be kind because my neighbor just bothers the heck out of me. That kind of thing. And and we may try to um, patronize ourselves or lie to ourselves and say, you know, these are my excuses to not let the Father in, let not let Him have every single piece. And so they would resist this. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Just to just to add something to your analogy there, Ryan, that the uh, the juice of a pomegranate when you when you get into that seed, uh, the juice that's there, it is almost impossible to get that dye of that juice out of something. Right. If you if you get it on your shirt or something like that, it's there. Period. Daniel. Right. Um. I think we're going to play along with that compartmentalization idea where I was thinking about this uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago or something of, I think as, as knowledge expands, mm -hmm. um, it, it becomes more easy to, to separate things into layers and to compartmentalize like you're saying, Ryan. And I think that, humanity, Christendom, Messianics have been guilty of the same thing, 
of essentially separating God into these layers. And I was thinking how, you know, if you take a, a cup of coffee and you pour some creamer in it, it almost immediately will mix perfectly. Mm -hmm. And you stir it around for one second and for the rest of that cup of coffee's life, it becomes almost, it becomes impossible to distinguish the coffee from the creamer. They become one. Um, the but if you unless take- Unless the uh, creamer is curdled. That's true. Yeah, that's always a possibility. <laughs> um, but if you take almost anything, we'll just use water and vinegar, for example, and you try to mix it with oil, you pour those things in a glass and they will create, at least the olive oil will, a very distinct layer. And the and it will stay like that. If you if you shake it around and mix it up and you leave it for an hour, it will re uh, it will go back into that layered form. Yeah. And I was just thinking about how that is where a lot of us are, is that container that's like, you know, partially water and partially oil and partially vinegar and all this kind of stuff. And it's comfortable that way. You know, we have like these layers, we can kind of separate them and, uh, you know, maybe have a little more of one and then the mm -hmm. other. But where we need to be is shaken up like crazy, like that mixing of all the elements into who we're supposed to be, that takes agitation and it takes a constant movement to achieve that mixture. And of course, you know, the Holy Spirit is related to olive oil, um, the, the, the oil of anointing. Um, olive oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why yeah. I was thinking about this, of how, how we really need to have that mixture. And to go back to your, to your question, um, when I say that people think the Holy Spirit's weird, I mean that because I was in that stage for a while as well. Like when you think the Holy Spirit, some people's minds go to the people who just kind of, I'll just say the abusers of it, the people yeah. who, I don't even need to go into it. You know what I mean. Um, and And all of a sudden, the enemy has been very successful at making people believe that if you start walking down a path with the Holy Spirit, then you will end up um, living a a life without boundaries, basically, where where things just become like, okay, you just enter into a room and all of a sudden everything is chaotic and crazy. Um, but that is a huge, ridiculous lie. Like, yeah. And but I, I believe that he has really succeeded in making people uncomfortable with pursuing the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. Um, and so that's what that's kind of what would be my answer to the question is that we have to remember that he is part of God. And just because people have abused God and abused his gifts and his fruits does not mean that there is still a pure, uh, a pure version of it. Like there's only those uh, perversions of it because there is a pure version. And I would say it is extremely important to pursue that pure version of the Holy Spirit, the Holy yeah. Spirit. Totally agree. Totally agree. Jaden, I want to go, I want to go back to something you said when we started the program. Okay. Uh, back quite a ways here is the difference between the voices in your head. Um, mm. there, there's literally three voices that we hear. We hear the creator's voice. We hear, we can hear the enemy's voice <laughs> and we can hear our voice. 
how do you differentiate and what would be your opinion of which voice tends to trip you up more? Oh, well, certainly the enemy's voice tends to trip me up more because, um, but as far as differentiating, hmm. sometimes the father will speak loud mm-hmm. and you know, and sometimes I think the Holy Spirit will press into you so that you you know you're compelled to do something. And those are nice because you do it and you know it was the thing you were supposed to do and there's no way you could have missed it. Um, I've had moments where I've really struggled with trying to differentiate between am I hearing the enemy or am I hearing the father? And so in those moments, I typically cry out in sincerity and try I try to approach as sincerely as possible to be like, I don't know, I want to submit everything to you i don't want to submit these things to you but if you will help me if you will put it in me to do it and to do it joyfully because that was something he held against israel as they did not serve him with uh, with uh, joy and gladness of heart when they had so much abundance Mm -hmm. so that is also a mandate we're not just to serve him but to serve him joyfully because we're granted love that's something the enemy lacks you know they serve masters they serve their purposes but they have no love we've been granted the opportunity to have love which is something profound right we can love like each other like brothers we love our god we have a relationship right Mm -hmm. um so the hardest times are when there's a situation in my life where i really am seeking guidance and i'm feeling hearing thinking things that are causing me a lot of internal chaos confusion and uh desire to draw away from the father because of what i think he might be asking and that is a red flag for me that what i'm hearing is not from him necessarily it doesn't mean he won't ask me to do uncomfortable things i'm not I'm, i want to make a distinction there yeah um but it's it's the difference between like hearing things that cause you to to want to resist him uh and draw away from him and i know that that's not right and so i take it to him and i'm just i'm very frank with him um because i'm just trying to be simple-hearted i'm like i i i know you know but i want to tell you that i don't want to do these things and i don't like that i don't want to do these things i want to be able to do these things should you require them of me please help me i don't think he's going to ignore that and that and then I take up typically, I know that I've been heard and I take up the authority and I resist anything that is counter to his spirit. And I typically get peace in those moments where there's that conflict and turmoil. And, you know, then then you walk out of it fine and you see the direction that God wants you to go, even if hmm. he didn't speak it to you. Wow. So that's my, I mean, I'm only, I've only been on this planet like two decades. So I... I don't know all the, I don't know everything. And I reserve the right to be wrong, right? Yeah. So that's just what I have experienced, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. That's my experience. I've got more decades on you, but I'm still in the same place. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what about you? The, the Those three voices. I liked that that concept that he was talking about of, yeah, you have the the times that it's just absolutely clear, go and do and you obey. 
and you know it's from him. And then there's those times where you're going, is this really from you? Is this what you want me to do? Um, this goes back to, it says, test the spirits. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you have to, you have to be on guard. Um, and I would say that your own voice can trip you up just as easily as the, uh, the enemy. Yeah. Because your own voice is full of the things of the flesh. Um, I believe it was, a, I can't remember who said it, but uh, the enemy would have a lot less fuel for his fire were it not for our flesh. Yeah. Yeah. That's my short answer. I'd yeah. go with that. In fact, uh, I've got a, a, a friend, you guys know who I'm, who I'm talking about, uh, young man. We've, we've all friended on Facebook. And I was in a conversation with him on uh, text today. And uh, his, he finally, uh, part of his, uh, at the end, he said, um, uh, my prayer life lately could often be summed up in five words, which are, Abba, save me from me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Daniel, close yeah. And out. I think, no, I, I think with that, it's, uh, our own voice can trip us up in multiple ways, being the flesh getting mixed in with it but also the the shame that the enemy wants to mix with our lives preventing us from hearing the father's voice to where sometimes there's going to be encouragement and and uh and loving words spoken over us in those times that the enemy will then try to make us think is our own thoughts mm. our own thoughts and so if the enemy will do anything to produce chaos in your mind he'll do anything to prevent you from hearing what the father has to say and so what's helped me the most in those moments is just realizing that he is a perfect good and loving father that wants and desires to commune and speak and and you know talk with his children um you know what father would give his son a snake if he asked for a fish you know this this concept and it really is as simple as that. Like you don't have to break that one out into the Greek and all this kind of stuff or the Hebrew, whatever. It's literally as simple as he wants to talk to you and the enemy will try to get in the way of him speaking his love over your life. And and so the scripture, it's either in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians, I can't remember, but um, we have the mind of Messiah. Mm-hmm. You know, we have been able to put that on through him and so through that, we have a mind that is able to receive from God. And so it's about putting all these things that we've said together, purging the chaos away and knowing that God does not give chaos, he gives peace. And knowing that he wants to speak love, that the enemy will try to block. Um, but all these things just come with a an effort-filled relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. It is, he has given himself, he has showed us himself in those three ways and everything he does clearly is on purpose for us to understand him. And so for us to live in the fullness that we can with him, we have to pursue those three attributes of him and everything that comes with it. Great word. Well, uh, remember everybody, your homework, the book of Acts, and uh, guys, maybe we'll just kind of continue on this subject for a little while. Uh, We'll see. Maybe uh, we'll see what the the week holds in front of us. Uh, Jaden, it has been a pleasure having you on our program as our first uh, uh, guest host here. So you have a clothing (laughs) line. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So partially, you know, I, I, I felt really, really, really called in my heart to want to, I just had a, uh, a weight to do, uh, mission work. Um, and I got into, uh, I got into working with an organization called the Free Burma Rangers and they do a lot of, and they do a lot of things. They do a lot of humanitarian efforts, um, but they're most well known for going into combat zones to give medical aid and spread the love of Jesus or Yeshua to uh, refugees in combat zones. And that, I mean, that spoke to me. I don't know. I was like, I, I need to do that. And God allowed me the opportunity to work with them uh, in Thailand in their home. Uh, that's where they're based out of, uh, I want to say a year and a half ago. Uh, that's a rough, rough estimate. But ever since then, I've just, I uh, wanted to make clothing that would kind of go to, towards supporting groups like that or going to support missions to work with groups like that, uh, that would promote, um, you'll notice like a lot of, a lot of the imagery and stuff is very militaristic because I wanted to convey that aspect of the reality that we're in a we're in a war we're in a conflict and what we just talked about today i believe using scripture but using the fruits of the spirit walking undefiled that's that's a lot that has a lot to do with my experience in combating cool uh the enemy so anyways that's a long explanation yeah. i like yeah anybody that's what, want that's to inspire that if people want more information uh, website yeah, uh, hasidianscode.com. Can you spell that, please? Yes, slowly. H, <laughs> yeah, H A S I D E A N. Dot. Yeah, hasidianscode.com. Dot com. Okay, great, yeah. great. Well, Ryan, hey, you did a good job in uh, in getting this guy on here. Hey. Mm -hmm. Don't blame me too bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank and, you so much uh, for coming on, Jay. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we do really upset. appreciate appreciate you guys having me. We do appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, that just reminds me that uh, we need to get Nathan Stanley. Of course, we'll have to all put seatbelts on for that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We yeah. He's uh, you think that uh, that Dave Covert is the Energizer Bunny on steroids. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> so we'll look forward <laughs> to that one. Well, guys, uh, I, I, I'm serious. Go back to the book of Acts and uh, look through there. And you're going to find yeah. that uh, for the disciples and also for each of us, that the creator had plans for our lives and has plans for good and not for evil to give us a future and a hope. So live your life on purpose. See you guys next week.